Oh, hey, you guys. Welcome back to Let's Be Real. We are just one week away from launching the Miracle Moment together. I'm super excited about it, and I want to give you one more chance, one more chance before you have to pay for it, to jump into a four-week coaching series that we're doing around the content of the Miracle Moment called 30 Days to Your Miracle. It's about showing up and doing the work for happier, healthier relationships total win-win. So every week we're going to send you a little content, a little teaching on video. You're going to get a chance to hear an interview with a coaching session with someone who's going to bring their relationship challenge to the table. I'm going to give you personal challenges for each week. We've got a community on Facebook. I mean, it just goes on and on. So All of this is yours, my friends, by just ordering the book on pre-release. When you do that and you fill out the form on my website at NicoleEunis.com slash Miracle Moment, that's it. That's all you have to do. We're going to send you a bunch of freebies. You're going to be in our group. It's going to be awesome, et cetera. This is a very, very small price to pay for a lot of help in this area of life that I feel like we all need a lot of help to get to. All you got to do is buy the book now. Make sure you get it before it releases on May 18th. Everybody who gets it before May 18th and fills out the pre-release form gets opportunity to be in the group. It will be a price after that. You have to pay for it after that. So if this is just your jam and you know you are ready to take a step toward a better, healthier, happier relationships, this is the step I want to invite you to. Just go to NicoleUnis.com slash Miracle Moment. That's all you got to do. Okay, you guys, we're going to get into our interview today with Elizabeth Edelman, founder of Golden Word, which is a PR firm here in Richmond, Virginia. Elizabeth and I really get into it around risk-taking, failure, disappointment, stepping out, being that person who gets out there and really lives your dreams. And it's just one of my favorite conversations we've had on Let's Be Real. So I hope you guys enjoy. Why wouldn't we try to make the most of our lives? I feel super motivated to risk. Risk doesn't need to be reckless. It can be planned. Hey everyone, welcome to the Let's Be Real podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Yunus, and I believe we need all the help we can get when it comes to living a full and free life. Here you'll find honest truth, practical tips, and perspective changes that help you embrace the miracle that is your life. It's an in-process conversation that's going to be unfiltered, and it better be fun. Let's get real together. All right, Elizabeth, welcome to Let's Be Real. I'm so glad that we get to have this conversation. I already talked about you in the intro, but... I have always just enjoyed our time together. So Elizabeth, you guys, is here in Richmond, Virginia, where I live as well. And we obviously do separate work. But, you know, when people start making moves in the world I and they're female and they're like taking risks and doing things, I generally notice. And Elizabeth, that's kind of the story of you. And we've kind of known each other since really the early days of Golden Word. And yes. um, so when I was thinking about people that I would want listeners to get to know, you came to mind. So thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you so much. I'm psyched to be here and excited to chat all these things through. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, Elizabeth, tell the people, tell the people what the people want to know. First of all, what did you want to, like, I don't know, around like sophomore year of college, where did you think you wanted your life to go? And how does that like also sort of relate to where you are today? 
Okay. So sophomore year of college, I was at the university of Richmond. I would actually, it's funny that you pinpoint that year because I think (laughs) that was actually really pivotal for me. I went into college very much clueless, like not so much like uneducated, but like didn't know the ways of the world and like (laughs) wasn't, I was driven, but didn't know how to use it. That Mm -hmm. kind you know, that kind of thing. So to illustrate that, I started at the University of Richmond and I wanted to teach French at my high school, like as my profession after graduation. Yeah. And I wanted to major in education. Okay. Um, Here's, the University of Richmond doesn't offer an education major. (laughs) So like, clearly I was not thinking things through like really well, like the plan, the plan didn't really have any, any structure to it. So (laughs) So I think I was thinking about what was safe and what was known to me. Mm-hmm. And college was very eye-opening to me in a good way. So in my sophomore year, I switched my major. Well, I never declared education because that mm-hmm. wasn't an option, but I was French and Spanish. And I actually added a third major because I'm a huge overachiever and a bit of a nerd um, and added journalism, okay. which is how I have now ended up in PR. Okay, cool. Tell us a little bit more. Yeah. yeah, I was studying media and I loved, I love the way the media works, but I also, as I was working on it, I was like, I don't really want to be writing a story every single day on deadline mm-hmm. for a newspaper. And a, my junior year, one of my friends said she was getting an internship at a PR firm that was called Edelman. Mm. Edelman is my last name. And I was like, you know what? I bet I can get a job there. So lo and behold. This is where your maybe naivety about the ways of the world and just like blatant optimism maybe helped, right? Oh my gosh, it helped so much because it was, I had no, there was no research. There was no like PR would be good for me because of these reasons. And did you tell me that was a pretty prestigious? Yes, it's the largest independently owned PR firm in the world. (laughs) I applied for their Atlanta office. Mm -hmm. And I was promptly, not promptly, but I was given, I was like one of 10 interns in that office that summer. Mm. And I'm pretty sure it's just because they thought that I was related. (laughs) And, you know, and I didn't say that I was, I just literally said, my name is Elizabeth Edelman. And they were like, Oh, like we should talk to her. Yeah. Well, I mean, what a fun, you know, I love those little moments of serendipity in people's stories as well. And sometimes folks listening are like, you know, if you're in a frustrating season where you feel like a lot of doors are closed, it can be hard to open your eyes to the reality that like almost, I can't say all, but almost everyone I know who's paying attention to their life does experience moments where like things come together in a certain way that they Mm -hmm. themselves couldn't like make happen. And my publishing journey was a little bit like that. I was um, the editor, like sort of the big, big boss. Their their child was at the school that I went to. No affiliation, no connection. But I just had this little bit of a feeling like, I bet I can... I bet I can like, I bet you'll notice my work like at some point. Of course, yeah. you, Elizabeth, I'm sure we're doing good work and hopefully I was too. But it is one of those things where you're like, do I trust like God, the universe, right. whatever you want to call it to create those moments? Okay. So you this, went there. No, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. This is 100% what I am all about. And I talk about at work with my team oh my all gosh, the time is the chemistry to things, the signs, the coincidences, like all of it. 
I watched some terrible movie the other day, which I will not name because it's embarrassing to me, but there was a, I they quoted like Einstein us. in it. No, I'm not. Um, she won't. It's girls. Really, she told, it's, it's not girls good. and gentlemen. I just want to make sure you know that I asked Elizabeth, if there's anything we couldn't talk about. Oh, and she yeah, said nothing. And now thing. she's saying no. She said no. I get it. Sometimes I'm like, no, I, I don't want to talk about that. Good for but, you. That's a good boundary. Okay. So the quote that they shared in the movie is from Einstein, okay. which is coincidence is God's way of staying anonymous. Hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm alone. <laughs> like, I'm also like that. Yeah. And it just is. So for me, I pay attention to when things line up, in a in a weird way that you couldn't have thought. Or like mm-hmm. you see this woman at, at your daughter's school and you're like, I, I wonder if she'll like see me. And the reality is, you've done the work and it's like going before you in a way, but you're prepared or you're lucky. It's like all the things. Right. But I always pay attention to if someone's name pops up a couple times, I like key into that. Mm -hmm. Um, Just paying attention to those, that chemistry between things, like how people talk to each other or Mm -hmm. that's been so instructive in my career, in my life. But I, I live for that stuff. You know? Well, I, and I've seen it in the way as we get into kind of your philosophy of the work that you do and that journey to really launching your own business, some of like the way that you want to engage in the world of... So, so take us through kind of like, that was kind of your sophomore year moment yeah. of this, this thing started happening. And then I know that you went into a, a big career, obviously, you know, connected to a company. So what was that next moment that led you to take the kind of risk. You know, when people have made it, it just feels like, oh, like they just, they got there. But if you stop for a second and say like, what does it really take to start a business? Especially when you support yourself, when you're, you know, like you're putting your whole life on the line. It is a huge risk. So take us through like that experience, that part of your journey. Yeah. So I was working at Leadberry, the menswear brand based here in Richmond. I was the VP of brand and communication. So I was part of the marketing team. I was owning their PR and helping with a variety of marketing jobs. I'd been there four years and was starting to get the itch of like, oh, I think I want to start my own thing. And if I look back more articulately, I can say that I was starting to feel a little bit of I'm in the wrong, or some of the tasks I was given, I was not enjoying. Mm -hmm. I loved most of it. And then I was overseeing digital marketing where I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't understand it and I didn't like it. Mm. So just, and it felt- The triple threat. (laughs) I was like, this is not voting well for anyone. Like I'm not actually helping the company here. I don't like this, but I was, you know, it was a small company. There's not a lot of places to put things. So at the same time, I also had read the book Essentialism Mm -hmm. by Greg McEwen, and it spoke about identifying your highest point of contribution and really focusing in on that. Mm -hmm. And Ledbury was also hiring a CMO at the time, um, which was something that I thought maybe I could do, but that didn't seem to be in the cards. Mm -hmm. So I was, you know, it was kind of perfect because I was like, okay, what if I can get back to truly focusing on PR, which is the thing that I invest at. Mm -hmm. Digital marketing is not that. Um, And I could help other clients. They're hiring a CMO. So they need to pay that person a big salary. What if you paid me less? And I focused on the, my highest point of contribution, my Mm -hmm. PR at the same time, this is where I feel like 
God and the universe were at work Mm -hmm. and and supporting me is I saw a very clear opportunity with clients. Mm. And I saw the opportunity to leave with the CMO coming in. And being a service-based business, it wasn't expensive to get started. It's not like I needed to buy inventory. Mm -hmm. All I needed was a laptop, some internet, and my knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I very much was able to start with a full roster of clients in very short order. Mm. And I don't, in many ways you could say I didn't have a plan, but I also had 10 years in the industry. My gut and my instincts were extremely honed. I had already had a PR firm in Manhattan um, six, seven years before that. And I had a lot of support. Mm. Um, Ledberry was a hundred percent down with my move, like fully supported me, still a client to this day. Um, my family was supportive. I've, I've thought a lot about like even transitions, like if I didn't have that support, if it costs more, like there are so many things, but I truly feel like that's how it was meant to be, how it came together. Mm-hmm. It felt extremely natural. It was very organic. And I, always been attuned to when transitions are coming. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, can yeah, I ask you a please. question before you go on? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. So a couple of points along the way, cause I'm like, oh gosh, this is, we could talk for a long time I about mean, many yes. of these pieces, but yeah. I want to take you back to when you said, okay, I read the book Essentialism. Yes. Were there people in your life at that time that you were processing with? Are you more of a, were you doing this internally and quietly? I was doing it internally and quietly. I still have that copy of the book. I was writing furious notes in it. I was changing all of my habits based on it. Um, the book truly, I, I probably, you know, a lot of people read a lot of business books. Mm-hmm. I'm not someone who those sink, those notions sink in very quickly for mm-hmm. me. I can't just read, read a book that quickly and get it. I studied it for a year, probably. Mm-hmm. Like I was consciously was like, I'm not reading anything else. I'm diving into this. So that was, I spent a lot of time on that. How did you know, you know, that you, you talk about that highest point of contribution. And I find that so many of my clients really struggle with this. How is it that you knew if you were going to like sort of dissect mm-hmm. that, that, you know, doing publicity in as a as your own firm, a boutique firm with clients, would be your highest. Or how would you describe it? I'm, I'm describing it for you, but no, you it's a good question. I think I never stopped to think about that because it felt so natural. Mm. But the reality is that again, I had ten years of work in that, and I had ten years of work in PR. And Ledberry was a my role there was taking a wider berth in marketing. So to go back to the thing that I was really good at that, you know, that amazing Venn diagram of like, I'm good at it and I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So it was like, and I did great work. Like Ledberry was, has been this amazing case study that has won so much business for us. Um, and I saw opportunity with other, like a vision for other clients in town and across the country mm-hmm. that I could approach. And they, I, I had already formed relationships with them. So I wasn't going in cold to anyone. It was a very easy sell because they knew me, they knew the quality of my work. So in many ways, identifying the highest point of contribution within my PR, like marketing self was super easy. I'd already been doing it for a long time. How did you, how do you think that the, you know, something I I don't actually don't know if we've talked about this on Let's Be Real. So guys, if I haven't talked about this, let me know. Um, This, this term negative preparation, which is like when you actually have net more negative experiences that point you toward that highest goal. And so you, I'm, I'm interested in the idea that you went into a broader role where you had more responsibility mm-hmm. over more things 
that that actually sounds like it was negative preparation. Like you, you were able to see like, oh, when I do all these things, like I could go on this track, you know, and, but when I do all these things, I don't have the same joy. Yeah. I mean, you try things and you find out what you don't like and, you know, it put, it puts you back in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a new term to me. I don't have a lot of, I'd probably have to hear you speak more on yeah. it. Well, you know, I mean, the whole idea of yeah. like hiring a CMO and you like knowing yeah. in your gut that that's not the role, like those kind yeah. of things that on the outside can feel really negative. They don't, but they're actually preparing you for your transition. Right. They're, they're helping you kind of unhitch or like move forward. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the concept of it. I just yeah, yeah, heard yeah, a little bit of that in your story. It's interesting. I... Um, I know they talk a little bit about the Enneagram here and there. So I'm an Enneagram seven. Mm-hmm. And so negative stuff, I'm just like, you're like, I didn't I, know. I, wasn't I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm so attuned to the positive, which is probably why I'm a publicist uh-huh. um, that, you know, I don't know. I I would rather spend time on the the positive. I acknowledge the negative is there, but I don't need to like get into it and I'm not going to let it drag me down too much. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and that explains a lot <laughs> about yeah. the way that you were able to kind of jump into this. So Totally. What, um okay, so when did you make the leap? How long has it been? How long has it been? Goal- 5 years. 5 years. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. as you look back on that, now I might be asking you to to lean into a component of your uh, temperament that you don't normally do, but That's okay. Um Tell me about some of the low points along the way and and how you've moved through those. In the transition or, or just yeah, in Golden Word? In the last five years, yeah, in Golden Word. Okay, so I would say that it's funny. I sat down with a friend a couple years into starting Golden Word and mm-hmm. she was thinking about starting her own company and she was like, can you tell me the pros and the cons? And I was like, yeah, no problem. Let's get into it. Happy to tell you all the things. So I sat down and I probably jabbered on for like 30, 45 minutes. And at the end, or what, you know, it seemed like the end, um, she was like, okay, so are, are there any pros? You listed <laughs> all the cons. And I think the reality for me is that running a business is hard. I would say running a business by myself, if I'm the only person, was mm-hmm. fairly easy. Like I was able to get enough clients easily. I look back to that first year as kind of like, this period of incubation and like, it was, it wasn't the real thing in, in many ways. Yeah. But it was, it was such a simpler time. So I think growing a business is incredibly difficult for me. A big stumbling block is the chicken and egg of like, do I hire first or do I win the business first? Mm-hmm. If I hire first, I have the bandwidth, but I don't have the money. If I win new clients, then I have the money to pay people, but I don't have enough bandwidth. And mm-hmm. so I've constantly gotten that one wrong. Yeah. Um, and so I think some of the, we could go with darkest periods. Like I remember at the beginning of 2018, mm-hmm. I had made my first hire in 2017. She abruptly quit at the end of December, just as we were about to bring on, I forget if it was two or three new clients, but we mm-hmm. don't have a hundred clients. We have like five clients. So mm-hmm. like bringing on that many people, like that much work is a big deal. And so the first quarter of 2018 was bleak because mm. I had promised so much work to people and I just worked like a crazy person while also trying to hire. Mm. And it just was heavy. It, it felt like I was letting everyone down and I, was, I wasn't burnt out, but I wasn't, didn't have any extra for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think growth has been challenging. 
um, that, that's been a, like a big one to this day. And it's been interesting in the pandemic as well, because everyone's like, oh, this last year has been so hard. And I was like, oh yeah, it has <laughs> for sure. But so were the other years before that. Uh So I'm not like, I don't know, somehow it was still like business as usual. It wasn't business as usual, but in terms of like, I was like, oh, I can handle this stress. Yeah. Yeah. You've already been there. I'm curious about, okay. So you kind of, there's, there's the difference between, and there is no, to me, there is no value judgment. I actually think that knowing who you are in, in this this scenario is really important. There's a big difference between being a solopreneur who yes. can support yourself and that's, and do great. And a person who wants to build a business that is going to involve, right? Like more people beyond themselves. Where have you landed? And did you have a vision for something bigger than yourself as you went in, as opposed to like, I'm just going to be a really, really awesome publicist for boutique, high paying clients. Yeah. You know, I always had the vision, the vision from the beginning of wanting to have a small little powerhouse of an agency Mm. that we would be doing killer work that we enjoyed that was really valuable to our clients. Um, but at my time I was, or at the beginning I was thinking it was like five people. Now I would say maybe it's around 10. Okay. Um, so it was never to be a solo printer. And I started like that because there's so many startups that are venture backed or, or have some money Mm -hmm. and then they hire all the people. And so this was very much bootstrapped, I put $5,000 into business <laughs> to get it going. And, um, you know, we didn't have that kind of fuel, Yeah, which I don't regret. I wouldn't do it any other way, but I think it, that's kind of like why it started like that. And I think has made it perhaps a little more difficult, mm-hmm. but I also don't have anyone to answer to Right on the flip side. I don't know anyone, any money, and I don't have to listen to anyone else's opinions on how I want to run the business. I I love it, girl. Say it, say it straight. <laughs> Appreciate it. Well, also, I think it's interesting, again, like how do you, you know, how God works in our lives. This idea that, you know, it's also a big deal because you have a certain way, like you have a very, you know, and we've, we've talked, you and I have talked about that, not yeah. on this interview, that your, your way of doing PR has a very specific way. And so if you're going to bring on teammates, I wonder too about, that do you um, enjoy the part of your work that is mentoring, training, you know, not doing the PR yourself, but actually bringing others along? Yeah, I would honestly, I would say that I enjoy it, but it is also extremely challenging, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not a one way street, it's not just me mentoring, it's them giving me feedback as well. Mm-hmm. And so the, it's, it's humbling, right? And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not right about everything, and the way that I communicate is not the best all the time. So no, Mm -hmm. I don't answer to anyone. Right. But I am working as a team with other people and we need to figure out the best ways to work through that, literally Mm -hmm. to work together. I, it's funny, we do these one-on-ones with the team. Um, and I always preface like the first one is like, the way I view this is that we're in a long-term relationship and that communication is going to be central to all of Mm -hmm. this. Um, and so I thought just by like stating that up front, it would make it a lot easier. And it's on the contrary. I was like, great, this is the work that everyone talks about and being in relationship is, you know, we have to, we still have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Elizabeth, let me ask you just given, obviously the, the business has worked, you've moved 
out of like survival mode into building mode and you've got this vision. Do you consider- well, I, would, I would say yes. that we went back into survival mode in 2020. Okay. So, oh, we good. Another, I'm assuming that's another low. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. But so I would you've say had all this business. You've had, yeah. oh, interesting. You've had a moment where the you you had too much business for your bandwidth. And then it sounds oh, yeah. like the next moment was not enough business for your bandwidth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the fluctuation of business, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously no one saw a global pandemic coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I think we've been really fortunate in that as it happened at the beginning of the pandemic, two of my, uh, our four team members, they, they quit. Okay. And so stressful and hard and, you know, it didn't, it was complicated but ultimately it helped us and it helped us get through. And so there were a lot of things that were like beyond my control. We lost a ton of clients. We, mm-hmm. um, our new business pipeline completely dried up and died. Mm-hmm. And so for, there were a few months there that, you know, I wasn't paying myself and we've made it through. And I think we're stronger for it. We took a lot of time this last year to prepare for when, not when the other side or like when things comes come back, but just like a little bit of an upturn in business. And we're starting mm-hmm. to see that now, which mm-hmm. is awesome. So we've hired again mm. and, you know, already have won a bunch of new clients for this year. Like we're coming back. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm good with like the, the ebb and flow of things. Mm-hmm. Like, would I prefer it to like stay in one trajectory? Like, yes, but I don't look back on that. I'm like, Oh, we failed or like whatever. It's just business. And mm. Do you find being the, like, how do you combat the kind of isolation or loneliness of not being, you know, deeply connected to like a company or boss or, you know, all that? Sure. Being like the solo owner mm-hmm. of the company is challenging. Um, I have a business coach that I work with, mm-hmm. uh, Rick Dijarnet, and he has been really helpful in having just like a sounding board, mm-hmm. like he's way more than a sounding board, but at the very le- like base level of just having another person to turn to and ask mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. Um, is extremely helpful. Um, there, there's a community of women in town called Rebel that I've actually, I honestly was very skeptical at first mm-hmm. of this group, and I was like, mm, I don't know. And it has been so powerfully transformative in my perception of myself and finding other people who accept me as like boss and mm-hmm. having aggressive ideas and going for it. Um, they've been really helpful. And then there's the traditional like friends and family help along. Mm-hmm. But I think those two in particular of like mm-hmm. being able to speak the language of like business owner have, have really been helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that both an individual and community like aspect to yeah. your work. Right. Um, okay. So my question that I was going to ask you before oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we hit the second, I'm assuming there's not another low point in there. There would be like a micro low point. Well, no, we're all yeah, in a low right. point. It's I think we're all, it. yeah. I mean, this whole, this whole right. podcast is about being in a, a low point on some level. Like, Hey, like we all need this to survive. We all need to like, something's better than nothing. We've got to keep moving forward. But I'm curious, Yeah, you perceive yourself as a risk taker. Mm-hmm. 100%. I... I'm totally cool with going for it, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if you get so motivated about something, like, why wouldn't you go out and do it? Like, what would keep you from it? Or like, Spoken people like a real Enneagram Seven. Oh, we all need, we all need oh, well, you in our lives. Just wait until you hear this next line. So, <laughs> um, 
people often talk about like, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would you live? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I would live in Richmond, you know? And if I could live anywhere else in the world, I would go live there. Like, I don't know. And you know, there's privilege to that and whatnot, but I'm like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't we try to make the most of our lives? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I feel super motivated to risk. And I think I've found a good way to do it in that it's not like I've gone skydiving, right. And you don't jump out of a plane at a moment's notice, you're, you've thought about it and you signed up and you Mm. did the little training course and you put on the parachute and then you jump out and you had someone take pictures, right? So the same is true. Anytime you take a risk in life or not, is the same is not always true, but you can risk doesn't need to be reckless. It can Mm. be planned. And I think that's where in looking back at my track record of my career, like before golden word, I took a lot of, I had a lot of transitions in like quitting company. I quit uh, my first job in New York to write a book. Mm. And then I started my own company in New York. And then I left that company to move to Richmond. So I have all of this, like thinking about what I truly want and then just like cutting what I need to Mm. in pursuit of that true goal. So in all of those instances, I've seen the pattern of taking the time to plan it. Mm. And I'm not the person who's so meticulous that like, this is the step. And on this day, I'm going to do that. But it's more just like thinking it out. It's like, okay, do I have enough money saved to take three months off to write a book? And, you know, like, did I have a plan on like, what would happen when I finished the book? No, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I had enough to take the risk, like had enough mapped out that the risk Mm. was totally manageable. And I think that's why I landed on my feet with all of them. What do you, yeah, I think, um, I think in order to be a person who will take risks to go live a big life, you also have to have a relationship with what you believe about failure. So I'm curious about what you believe about failure. Okay. Well, it's interesting. So I don't, failure is not, I I think this is again, Enneagram seven stuff coming up because failure is not a thing that I really get bogged down by. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know that I use the word failure. I don't think I look back on things and I view things as failure. I definitely see low points and I, failure to me is more like a 0%, you know, like, it's just like you, you know, I don't know. I suppose it's all on how you like set things up. Right. So like I wrote a book, but it's not been published. So is that a failure? Like, I don't know, because in my mind, I'm like, no, I wrote a whole book, you guys. Like, um, that's a great love, accomplishment. I'm, I'm like, really, you're, I'm like, oh, that's such a good idea. Like, you just said to you, failure is 0%. So basically, anything above 0% yeah, is, right. is, is, is not a failure. Right. <laughs> so I mean, like, if how, something, yeah, if something was done. Failure is like abject, right? Like, I just don't right. even, I, I couldn't even think of like an example of a fail. Like, I, that's not true. I can think of some examples, but like. In in my life, where I'm, I look back, I'm, I don't, I would not use the word failure, and that's not to say that I'm amazing. It's just that, like, that's I didn't do zero percent on a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, I hit some ten percent in there. Like, you know, <laughs> what but, about disappointment? How do you how do you how do you handle disappointment? Is real. Like, um, how do I handle disappointment? Yeah. Oh, ice cream probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like ultimately you get over it. You get past it. You like pick yourself up and move on. But me, it's probably a lot of like talking things out with people and Mm -hmm. like processing it, dwelling in it a little bit. Um, but I don't know. I don't have a set like, Ooh, when I'm disappointed, Mm -hmm. this is it. But, Mm -hmm. 
but I definitely like that one. That one, I, I wouldn't say disappointment happens. Failure does not. Well, and you know, maybe that's an awesome reframe for, you know, I'm, we haven't actually done like deep dive into Enneagram on Let's Be Real, but most of you guys are somewhat familiar and I'm an Enneagram three, which is the achiever mm-hmm. and the like narrative, you know, the sort of like limiting narrative of an Enneagram three is you're only as good as your next success. Mm-hmm. And so I even just love the reframe from our conversation about like, it's okay to be like, it's, there is disappointment in life. Yeah. But anything more than 0% is not really failure. Now, you may be disappointed. Maybe you wanted it, any sure. country, to be 110% yep. and it came in at 70%. And like, for me, that will feel like failure. That, I mean, the, yeah, that's interesting. the ongoing belief will be then that's, that's, fail. that's a failure. Right. Um, but what if it's just like, well, I'm disappointed by 70, but it's not a failure. Failure yeah. is zero. Failure is well, just... Then do I would look at the 70 and I would be like, oh, look at all the stuff that I did do that was This great. is why we need Enneagram yeah, Sounds in the world. Yeah. <laughs> this is why our two personality types get along really well because yeah. we've got a lot of energy, but like yes. energy is not always in that direction, like yeah. seven. So um, yeah, that's a great word. So I, lo- I love that you've shared that. Tell me about um, what, and I'll ask you a, a couple of closing questions that we ask all of our guests, but yeah. what are you hopeful for moving into this next year? Hmm. Um, I'm hopeful for a lot of things. Um, no surprise. No surprise. <laughs> um, I feel like I see golden words start to flourish again in a new way that I'm really excited about the, the, vision of having this little powerhouse team is starting Mm -hmm. to feel more real and it's starting to get some like good gas again, like Mm -hmm. energy after, Mm -hmm. after a a slower year, let's say. Um, I'm actually really hopeful about um, trying to do more on the writing front. Mm. So I've written in the past, I've written two books. One's terrible. The first pancake, if you will. And then I wouldn't call that a failure though. It's just not good. Are these novels by the way? Yeah. These are like fiction novels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then the other one I think is maybe okay. I felt stronger about it like 13 years ago when I wrote it. (laughs) So the fact that it's been 13 years, I feel really convicted by, but I'm really trying to like put some more time and energy into that. Mm -hmm. But I think again, it's clarifying to know what your priorities are and like Mm -hmm. that one keeps coming up. So I'm, I'm really hopeful about being able to like get into more of a rhythm with that. Mm-hmm. So, That's I mean, awesome. I'm hopeful about all the things about vaccines and like getting back into normal life, but I also am like weirdly okay with how much we've shed in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your essentialism so, like, kicking in. Well, yeah. my essentialism, I'm like, okay, well, which things are coming back, right? Like not yeah. everything's coming back. I feel yeah. this, you know, you feel this weird pressure of like, oh, I should start going or like out to eat all the time. Yeah. Or like, and yes, I want to support restaurants, but like, how much am I, it feels like a lot of pressure all of a sudden, which is maybe just like the whole re-emerging into society. Right. Right. Yeah. But we all have a chance, right. To re we, we can see it as a great opportunity to reset around like what is essential in life. And I think we've all, yeah, woken up to that a little bit. Um, Okay. So here's my last question for you. I, by the way, I've loved our conversation. I feel like you've opened up a lot of different maybe avenues of thinking for those listening. And you guys, if you want to check out Elizabeth, you can go to Golden Word. We dropped everything in the show notes. I, I'm going to, I'm actually going to pump one thing that you do. Are you still doing okay. the Be Your Own Publicist workshop? Occasionally. Okay, guys, if you're on this podcast right now, you're an aspiring business owner or writer, particularly aspiring author. 
there is a Be Your Own Publicist workshop that will help you so much that Elizabeth has. So go check it out. Um, Okay. Here's my final question for you. What is like a product or an app or like a thing that you're just loving right now? Um, I'll tell you a crazy thing. Tell me. (laughs) All right. This is so nerdy and I don't even have it yet. But the other night I geeked out really hard on uh, laundry detergent. I, and what is it, is geeking out mean that you went into a deep dive of research or what is it, or you did your own experiments? I or spent what? $200. <laughs> okay. Oh, you spent a lot of money. Okay, I good. I understand. a lot of money. I went That's on my to, love language. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I went onto the site called the laundress. Okay. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just get like better scented detergent or whatever. Not $200 really. later. <laughs> $200 later, I bought their, I basically purchased their entire line. And I am psyched about it because I feel like it's going to allow me to take better care of my clothing. Okay. Which then I think it's going to help. Like one of the things I'm excited about is like leveling up my wardrobe after this year at home. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I don't know why I'm just like really pumped about having the right comb to depill my sweater and like (laughs) this, like the stain remover and bleach alternative. I don't know. I just bought all this stuff. (laughs) And it's coming today in the mail and I'm really pumped for it. Oh my gosh. I'm going to, we're going to have to circle back because yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to like put in the intro if you still love it because you well, don't know yet if you love it. Think about it. Like if you, like if I wear a nice silk shirt and I spill something on it, then that's the end of it. But what if I had the ability to reverse that? Like what if you I did? truly empowered. I, I, so. I, I feel like you're a better advertisement. I haven't even, I don't even know anything about this brand and you're already advertising it and you haven't actually used the products yet. I haven't yet. used one cent, like one little bit of it. So. All right. Well, because you don't believe in failure, just let us know if it's disappointing to you because the rest of us will, will want to know before we purchase it. But hopefully it's not. Hopefully it's amazing. So I have one more thing to add. Yes. That I think is funny and I haven't told you. <laughs> um, in the spirit of let's be real, um, I was in a session last week with my therapist Okay, and we were talking about how to have hard conversations with Uh people. And she was like, have you heard of Nicole Eunice? (laughs) That's funny. And she was like, sure. Podcast is a topic that would really help you. And I just started laughing because I was like, I'm actually going to be interviewed on the podcast (laughs) next week. Um, And I think it was a real testament of like how we're all works in progress that, yeah, there are certain elements of my life that like I can be a teacher and I have strong viewpoints on. And then there are far more where I'm a student and still learning and figuring things out. But I'm like, yep, my, my uh, therapist recommended the podcast that I'm being interviewed on. So well, thank you. There's, I'm also glad to hear your therapist product. That is the show. So that's awesome and really sweet. I love that. And thank you for sharing that. That's super encouraging. And Um, you know, you guys that are listening, we love you dearly. We don't know who you are. We don't know where you are, but sometimes you reach out and it means, it means a lot and it makes a huge difference. So Elizabeth, thanks for offering. And I know, cause again, like what happened with your therapist in the universe, like months later, someone said, Elizabeth, thanks for what you said about failure, failure is zero percent. So, um, that is awesome. Thank you for your gift, the gift yeah. of your words, your work, your life, everything that you share today. Elizabeth. Thank you. This was really fun. Appreciate you having me on. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Let's Be Real podcast. If you have a question for the show, you can send it to me at Nicole at NicoleUnis.com. And hey, if you're enjoying this, we'd love for you to like, subscribe, share it with your friends, pass it on, shout it from the rooftops, whatever you feel like doing, because the reality is let's get as many people getting real as possible. Talk to you soon.